0: No, uh, the article details that um, that that the people who worked on these games had been trying to push for female, in, like, in, or like, just like different than your white male protagonist inclusion, right? Like, they've been trying to advocate for that for long. And then this guy that they describe in the uh, in the article, I, but he apparently just turns. He he straight up is like the the decision maker of of any of these pitch meetings, right? And he would just turn it away, going, "Yep, sorry, women don't sell in these in these situations."
1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 260. I'm one of your hosts, Trip Zero. I got uh, Lock and Key. Yo, what's going on, everybody? We have a special guest, Demos, on the show. Welcome, Demos. What's going on, everybody? And we got Neo Ayoshi, of course. How you doing, guys? Uh, everyone, how you guys doing, man? How's your, uh, how's your week been? Chillin'? Chilling?
0: I'm You're good. Yeah, talk. it's real You're good. Talk,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, uh, yeah, man. It's another it's another week in 2020.
0: You know what, I mean? <laughs> what a what a fire Jeez. year, guys! It's been fire. It's been great. Only, yeah, only getting it's another better.
2: It's just
0: another <laughs> I'll tell you guys. I spent two and a half hours at the DMV today. That was a trip. That was a lot of fun. Waited out, sure. wait outside. Mask the whole time the whole, the whole, mask the whole the time? time, man. The whole time. And there, you, man. there were people not wearing a mask. There were or wearing not. half wearing a mask or whatever. Mm, the, good old the, nose the nose out is my favorite. And, and my, my favorite someone came in with a motorcycle helmet and just wore that the whole time. Like a legit full effective. on motorcycle helmet. Yeah.
2: Effective. effective. Yeah. A bit I aggressive, better, but effective. Better than, <laughs> better than nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true.
2: A bit aggressive.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. housekeeping stuff. Uh, of course, you know we have our uh, our YouTube. If you guys haven't subscribed, please subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, you gotta search Emergent Gamer on YouTube right now. We're still on our way to 100 subs, so we can get a nice crispy link for you guys. we are so please find like 15 away from that. We're close. Nice. We're away. okay Let's let's Very get nice. that number pushed up here. And uh, speaking of that specifically, we have Demos right here. Who we're gonna start with actually right now. Um, Demos does our editing for our YouTube. So look, with that being said, Demos, what's up, man? How are you? Thank you for being on the show. Tell us a little oh. about yourself. What you like gaming? What you've been gaming? Oh, you know, um, dive in, dude. Uh, I mean, I like playing all kinds of stuff. Uh,
3: me and Neo, we've been playing uh, Ghost of Sh- Tsushima since sure, sure release him. day. Well, I didn't play much on. Well, I didn't play like midnight, but I played all most of the day Friday. Like we mm. dove in. Um, uh, for the most part, like I just kind of play whatever. Pretty good variety of everything. Um, dude, like I likes to be on that like i fucking love Ghost of shishima we're going to talk about it more later but like that game is just like really hitting the spot of like what's fun to play yeah um uh, but back to what trip said real quick um yeah subscribe on youtube uh me and neo are going to try to have a spoiler cast for Ghost of shishima come up next
0: week yeah whenever so. we, whenever we finish it like i'm gonna hope to f- yeah. i'm going away this weekend so I'm, I'm gonna try and get some game time in but um and then if anybody else like maybe at lunar castaways finishes it maybe we can get some of them on mm-hmm. uh just so we can have a nice yeah. panel of people to talk about it yeah not just me and you talking into a vacuum <laughs> yeah exactly um mm. but yeah definitely i'm definitely enjoying it too absolutely um we'll talk about it in a second but what other games are you liking this 2020 um, are what are some of your favorites right now i haven't i don't think i've
3: played a whole lot in 2020 i've kind of just been like waiting it out nothing's really standing out to me like i'm not a i like i like the first last of us um but i it wasn't the masterpiece that everybody says mainly because they don't like naughty dogs combat stuff mm. like their narrative is really good but i'm like i don't want to play a 20 plus hour game just for a story if i'm not having fun with all the gameplay moments which I'm sure other people do. I just don't. So mm-hmm. I'm not super big into JRPG. So uh, Final I, Fantasy, Persona, R- Persona Five, R- R- Royal, not
0: super. I for me, I do know you like the Pokemon game. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon. You've been so playing. The, the you've DLC. been playing the DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first
3: week or so, I pretty much first few days, I pretty much cleared out everything. There was to do in it. Granted, it was only like eight hours of stuff to do. But it was a fun time. Is it a is it a worthy addition to
0: Pokemon? Is it worth is it, it worth me what you get out up, of Pokemon. booting it up again?
3: Uh, the DLC it's it's fun. Like it's like I said, it's eight hours of fun. Like you pretty much do literally everything to do in the DLC uh, in that eight hours. Outside of that, it's kind of like you don't need to get it because people can just give you everything that they added into the game. You don't have to like go catch it yourself so nice so if you want to it's
0: cool well i know you're waiting to talk about ghost of tsushima so go for it man what what um, what's what are, what are you enjoying about ghost of tsushima
3: i mean we can just forget Locke. it's like he's doing anything this week
0: oh shit no <laughs> we don't have to go i mean
1: we can t- you guys can talk about your game oh shit during part no, no, of the you're, show. Fine. you're fine because <laughs> demos could talk that could go right into neo neo you can talk about the game time? it's all um, look we're, we're a living breathing organic show it can happen it's okay
3: uh i it's one of the things that people have said a lot with like reviewing the game is that the game has style because you know great as soon as they like announce the kurosawa mode you're like all right they're really heavily influenced by these japanese samurai movies um and you get it and it's a beautiful world to go in everything looks so alive like you see all these people over uh you never really have these dull moments in the open world like anytime you're going from place to place you see all these other things you want to just like oh i'll just take care of that
0: real quick um and the game does it in a really brilliant way too with with a the wind and then the second Mm -hmm. thing they do is they have they use the environment like they they throw a golden bird at you and the golden bird kind of like guides guides you to like points of interest it's it's a a cool thing they do with a narrative where they talk about like uh
3: some of the mytho- Japanese mythology behind stuff and they'll uh you'll they'll talk about something and the main character will say something about how it relates to a story he was told when he was little by his family or something like that and then you see that in the world and you know it had and like you'll talk to NPCs and they'll tell you that it does something and then it kind of like you make a connection in your head and you're like, oh, this is actually really cool because they're taking that narrative leap without telling you what to do or, you know, that game direction leap without telling you directly what to do. And then having the game tell you why they decided to do it this way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think it's actually really brilliant because they, they do, it does seem like they put a lot of care and thought into uh, just the world building itself. Just the character interactions, the way the way the world is laid out, like they they do a lot of showing and not telling as well, um, just by like the sh- with the shrines and um, just a lot of like the the like the people that you interact with and like and you know, everything in the world, like it just yeah. it, it shows uh, homework was done. Go ahead.
2: Two questions for you: One, do you think it's the best iteration of open world that currently exists? And two, do you think the reviewers that are saying it's the best PS4 game that's come out and ending the generation of PS4, it's it's done it in the best way that it can be. Would you would you agree with those two statements? I
3: I think it definitely goes out on a high note
2: for the console.
3: Yeah. Um, and I'll that's a point I'll get back to in a, a little bit. Um, but it takes a lot of inspiration from other open world games and it refines it to an extent. I can say there's certain things that kind of clutter it up a little bit. Um, Like there is one activity you can do in the open world that I think is a little, like it makes sense in the concept of like a samurai and in this world, but I think it's unnecessary because doing it doesn't do anything for you. What you get from doing it doesn't really do anything. It's just kind of there. And I think it's uh, to like, have you take a moment to just, Relax in between all these other things going on in the world, but okay. like it's still something I think is kind of unnecessary.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it does open world like better than other open worlds. There are definitely a lot of other games that definitely do it better. Uh, a few things I would have liked to see, because the game takes place in the middle of like Mongol uh, occupation of Tsushima. Um, one thing that I feel like they could have done was showing a constant sh- like push and pull of mongol you know taking over different areas of the of the game kind of like uh the nemesis system like like in a in a in a, in some way but you're you're really just freeing the land as you work your way across the game like you're really just pushing the mongols back the whole time but mm. being able to like revisit older areas and like just like saying like oh the mongols are, are attacking the south again would have been a, a good way of getting you to go back and but again that would also clutter the game up with like more activity um I'm trying to think of other things that like like other better open world games, like maybe even like GTA five is probably up there with one of like the like the best styles of open world game just because of the activities that it does provide you around its open world. But
3: it's It's kind of similar
0: to GTA five
3: in that sense where it's like you'll you can walk across this like uh, field and on the other side of the field, there's some Mongols um, and they've got this woman held captive And if you rescue her, she'll tell you to go somewhere or tell you about something going on in the world. And because you did that, now on your map, there's this activity you can go do. Mm -hmm. So it's similar, like GTA does a similar thing where you have those random NPCs and random encounters and stuff like that. So like I said, it, it is inspired a lot. It doesn't do anything with that like better than anything else, but it's generally good. And I think that's about it. Like I don't, I'm not bothered
0: by anything it it does with the open world necessarily. I think it it excels most in, in its combat, I think is, is probably the most engaging and fun part of the game. And it just makes you want to engage in the combat more um, because they provide you with not only your basic samurai kit, your samurai sword, right? Your katana. They give you a whole bunch of other tools that you can use like kunai, smoke bombs, sticky bombs, like, and it makes the combat really dynamic so you can actually approach any situation stealthily or you can stand you can choose to like stand off against the uh the uh, enemy camps and then just go in head first and and take them all on in honorable combat um and it's honestly a lot of fun the variety of enemies are great and like you have different stances that will take on different enemy types like sword and shield uh pike users uh just plain sword users and it actually makes you kind of change up your play style as you're engaging in combat which is which is i think a really fun time it, it's one of the
3: do it's you, like a system that rewards you learning the system so you kind of like flow in and out and you feel like you're doing better because you're utilizing more things
0: do you guys feel like it's the best combat system that you've played it's up there for sure. I mean, if if we're going to compare it to like the best combat system, which I think is probably like the Batman games, like just the, the easy like you know like it's up there with like Spider-Man PS4 and um uh the Batman series. It's close. It gets really close. Uh, one complaint I've seen on online is people are complaining that there's no lock on. Like 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 target system, you know, like mm. a, like a Z targeting or like, you know, how Dark Souls lets you target an enemy. And right, uh, right. honestly, I think that's counterintuitive to how they want you to, or how the game wants you to play it. Because it wants you to engage in multiple enemies, like Batman games, right? Because Batman, you're surrounded by enemies at all times, countering and punching, like that's and using your tools, your bat tools. In this game, that is being, it's, right, it's right. very same way. Yeah.
3: Go ahead. That being said, like a lot of people's issues and why they want a lock on is because in combat, like say you're rolling backwards, you can roll backwards into like a wall, and then the camera just kind of like starts getting all weird, and that's the reason why people want a lock on is mm-hmm. because the camera is the issue. So, like, when you're in combat, the camera is probably one of the... Like, there's a lot of criticism that I've had, like, things I wish they had done differently, but not a lot of complaints that I think is just, like, not good, which the camera would be one. Like, that. Mm -hmm. the camera just doesn't work very well in
2: combat sometimes.
0: It's fine if you're in, like, an open field, but the moment you get, like, in tighter areas, it yeah, it does become a problem, for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of games have problems with camera in combat
2: yeah you know i feel like it's a, it's a difficult thing to solve for if you're not having the game focus on a on a single target while you do moves like
1: rolling and, and things like that what did you have trip um i kind of want to ask you guys both either answer together or like one and then the other person um so i've watched a lot of gameplay of this uh, i watched some other streamers when they had early access i watched uh, neo i watched your stream on friday on launch day watched a lot of that um, the game does seem, you know, beautiful and engaging and, uh, and a fun world to be in. I guess what I would really want to know is, is there? do you think there's enough to do? Like, say if you just wanted to, you know, a, a hallmark of a lot of open world games is that you can just kind of fuck off, right? Not play the story, kind of live a pseudo kind of experience, kind of doing whatever you wanted to, and then maybe kind of come back if you have to to the main story. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's enough to do that in this game if somebody wanted to? Or is this game primarily a story-driven story driven game based in an open world that you can have a lot of fun exploring you know but it's still like dependent on you living the path of this person's life and is there enough to do even if you just wanted to do that or wanted to do none of that at all like how did you feel existing in the world outside of just the corridor of the
0: story experience do you want to go first Demos?
3: uh yeah um so basically how the game starts is it starts you on the beach the day of the mongol invasion of the island so, once the world opens up, it's after that you're kind of like dealing with the aftermath. Um, the main character, um, a family member of his gets held captive by a Mongol in one of the castles on the island. So, and I'm trying to be as non specific as possible just to not like mm-hmm. spoil anything. Um, so one of the things because they've now taking control of majority of the island now the what you pl- need to do as the main character is he decides he needs to free his uncle and he wants to go find allies so immediately what the game does is it gives you a checklist of story missions where you have to go recruit some allies to help you raid this castle and they're just kind of scattered throughout the open world or this section of the open world that they have outside of that. You just have like free realm. There's a couple of locations. It doesn't let you access, uh, because it shows up in the story, but it also doesn't flag it as a named location that you can visit until you're able to. Mm.
0: Okay.
3: I guess
2: the good, comp- I guess the comparison point on the other end of the spectrum that I think trip is leaning towards is like you can play witcher 3 and oh, never yeah. touch the main story mm-hmm. right like that game is so dense
1: that, yeah like, run to you a village, hang out with them run,
2: right and you can you can do what felix did right you could just you know play gwent when you yeah. drink and mm-hmm. yeah you know mm-hmm. so like i think the the question is is like after the game opens up is there enough to do where I can say I never want to touch main story, I'm only going to do all of these side missions because I find yeah. them more interesting. Right? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, just to fill that question a little bit more, like like you just said, Locke, is the world dense enough to kind of have those experiences or like alternatively, does it matter? Does the game do enough in other ways that it doesn't matter that you don't feel the need to do that? Because that would also be an interesting point as well. I but,
0: mean, go ahead. I can already tell you that... like. Playing through the story is very much like you're playing through like a samurai drama, which is great. I love every second of that. But once I'm done, the story, the side missions, the with
3: this area,
0: with this area, getting all the collectibles, the the haikus that you can do, the standoffs, like all the side stuff. Like there's a lot. There's a lot to do, and a lot of cool uh, environments and vistas and things to explore. But the moment I'm done with the area, uh, I don't need to return, and I uh, ultimately will complete the game and if I want to play through it again it'll be either a new game plus but I'll be doing the same things again like it's not gonna it's not one of those like living breathing world games it's going to be sure. you're going to complete this this story the side stories yeah. unlock it's all more way to yeah. the narrative really mm-hmm. in kind of like a sucker punch
3: fashion it's like you got this whole island and it's separated into three segments which generally follow the game the story's three acts uh, so, the first act, you're in the first section of the island, second, so on. So, you have this first act that you only have access to. And, like you said, you pretty much do all the side stuff, like save this town from Mongols, um go follow, like it showed in the, the trailers, one of the trailers, follow this fox to um this shrine. It's like you do all that on the island, and then you're done on this section of the island in time to move on.
0: Mm-hmm. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, so ultimately this game will come to a close, right? Like, and and if I platinum the game, which I probably will, it's it's a very attainable platinum. But after that, it's like okay, I've I've completed this journey, and I'm I, I'm I have no reason to revisit unless I want to keep experiencing the game, like the gameplay and everything. I want to say roughly
3: doing everything on that first island, including like even because it's got fog of war, it doesn't have uh, like a tower system. Um, it was maybe,
0: fifty i think it's like what 12 to 15 hours yeah for the first act yeah it's it's definitely a beefy section um yeah and then once you unlock once you finish the first act it actually does ask you to go back to the first part of the island and do a couple things yeah but it's similar to like
3: what you said where it's like kind of a struggle but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it yeah
0: it's not it's not like a it's more it's not like a shadow of mordor situation right
3: it feels like you're cleaning up the map yeah exactly
0: but yeah overall um, yeah good
3: Oh, that was the one. Other thing, what you said about uh, closing out the generation is one of the things, and I don't think we have it as a news topic this week. Is um, that sucker punch sort of nerfed? At the, I guess, is the term most people are using for it of their uh, their load screens, because on their load screens between like fast traveling, like checkpoint reset stuff like that, they'll show a tip, like a lot of games do. Um, but they had an issue where. Because of how the architecture of the game is, the, it's de- it's designed so well. Load times were under like a few seconds mm-hmm. for fast traveling. Like even fast traveling across the whole island was like five seconds, maybe. It's pretty good
0: yeah, on a, on this so, old PS4 that I so have. You, it's pretty great. So you would uh, respawn
3: on the respawn from a checkpoint or something, and you wouldn't have time to read a tooltip, or you would one, you wouldn't read more than one. So for certain. Like say distances of fast travel, they had to like extend the time frame to do it, and it reminds me of like uh, the Mark Cerny like tech reveal of how the PS5 works and how he described how the PS5 reads the game data is exactly how I like how Sucker Punch designed like the files of Ghost of Tsushima.
0: It's almost as if it was designed for the next generation.
2: Yeah,
3: yes, yes. it's probably
2: going to have a remake probably instantly uh-huh. when PS5 mm-hmm. comes out it's it's mm-hmm. funny though
0: because even when you die in combat the game actually delays itself while you're laying on the ground kind of struggling uh, it's until you like unlock an ability that lets you like come back from it but you're like literally on the ground and the enemies like kick you around a little bit then stab you that's like masking loading times like all that is like it's already preparing to like reload your position yeah, yeah. in the world yeah
3: yeah, you'll like lose all your health and just lay on the ground, and like some guy with a giant axe will just come over and execute you. And yeah. you're just like, wow,
0: that's <laughs> that's that good. This was really nice, though. Um, mm. but yeah, overall the game the game is beautiful though. You, you gotta really admire. Like, I have a lot of screenshots. I'm gonna upload to Twitter soon, but it is a great looking game. Um, I, I, I want to say personally, it's
3: my favorite PS4 game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: that's because oh, i already like vibe.
3: i already, like vibe with the samurai stuff uh mm. because it almost feels like the origin of like what a ninja is in japan is almost what it feels like but unlike vibing with the samurai stuff and everything in this mm. the narrative is i wasn't expecting the narrative to be as good as i'm finding it
0: it's pretty good it's it's pretty engaging and the characters are really fleshed out like all the characters that you meet and they don't they don't do what witcher does is and make you like meet a million people and do a million like different side quests for like random people like you find a core group of people and they really flesh out their backstory and the things you do with them and help them are really really engaging and you remember the characters like they're they're very memorable which is nice mm. yeah.
3: but i oh, like oh it's oh, i think it's a really good game and it came out at one of the worst times because there are so many people like right like right off of uh the last of us two who are just gonna be like i'm just gonna wait till the ps5 to touch anything i think that's what trip zero is um, doing
0: trip zero is like i'm good. not i'm uh i'm gonna wait on this one yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. i mean like it's, it seems like a well-made game you know mm-hmm. probably a lot of fun to play for sure um but me personally uh, i'm just kind of not sold on it the way demos you're mentioning earlier how the the last of us combat kind of wasn't for you uh just I haven't been sold on the on the concept of this game as a complete package. So I've decided to not jump in right now. So but I mean like, you know, I'm not shitting on people that like it. You know, I'm sure it's an amazing experience. I watch people just absolutely love what they're seeing and what they're experiencing. And that's dope. That's why games are great because everyone can have these experiences, you know? I'll I'll just scoop it on one of those PS5 free months with the uh, with PlayStation Plus in the future. That's my game oh, plan. Oh, sure. there's there's, a,
3: there's one other thing I like to add is uh, kind of like how sucker punch does their games. Like there's a level of polish, whether it's like something traversal or how it looks, there's just, but there's always just like a little bit of jank, a little a bit of jank. Of people, <laughs> a, a lot of people are giving it a lot of slack for it, but I think the jank is kind of a charm for this game. Cause otherwise it's like he said, it's a samurai drama. Mm-hmm. So it's like all these characters dealing with is really like horrible or awful stuff and things like that. And like, You'll just have a moment where an NPC will just spin in circles. Or I walked into this camp and there was a, a Mongol asleep and I guess I made noise and he T-posed like oh my like God. A, a vampire and just started like attacking me. I'm like, what? What's going on? Uh, so I, it's like these janky moments are like adding some lightheartedness to it in a really weird way that kind of makes up for it being very serious the whole time i had a
0: really weird bug last night where i was raiding this camp and uh everyone who tried to attack me instantly got hurt by touching me so like i would just like walk into people and i didn't do anything like they would just get hurt by by like looking at me and like getting close to me it was such a weird bug i had to restart the game after that but um also some like tra- you should have wrote, wrote it out man <laughs> just wrote it out i know I just read <laughs> just kept going, dude. but it was also like not making enemies engage with me properly so like i had to like hunt oh, them down it gotcha. was like really messing with the entire like experience it was really strange but another mm. thing um some like traversal is kind of weird like i'll jump for a ledge and i won't grab it properly or like i'll miss it or i'll go in the, a random direction just like r- like really weird things like that happen but I got to tell you like aside from all those like the game is is a fun game. Like it is I'm I'm going to play it out and have a great time with it cuz I I like so to it all the way. Oh, I'm going for it. Yeah, for sure.
2: Since I haven't listened to anything related to Last of Us 2 that we've done, where where do you currently feel is the better game?
0: Last of Us 2. Yeah.
2: Like as yeah. as a
0: game? Yeah, Last of Us 2 as is, a game, as, as yeah. a whole package.
2: Yeah, That's it a, is. I'm just yeah, I mean I know we can't really can't dig into that. I'm just kind of curious
0: your thoughts on you know these are two big big titles for PlayStation. I you mean, know? Um, coming from like a narrative, a technical like you know the technical perspective, the the combat I actually really liked in in Last of Us, aside from my aim sucking in the in the in the game.
2: But it is clunky though. I, I yeah. don't know what what demos is talking about. Oh, for the, sure. The the Naughty Dog style is can be brutal, especially with the camera. But um, it, but like if, you of 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 like the, uh, if you look at some of like the
0: if you look at some of the Sunil Legend gifts on Twitter, that guy makes some real great gifts and all the ones he did of Last of Us 2 like really showcase how good and dynamic the combat is and like mm. it's 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 a it's like a like it's one of the best games out this year. Like you it, it, like regardless of what mm. you think of the story of Last of Us 2 I know it's very divisive, it is a really great experience. Like o- overall, like the whole the whole package is there, right? Um, uh, this mm. this game, okay. Ghost of Tsushima, I, I need to finish it. Obviously, see how it how sure. it all wraps up. Sure. But so far, I'm enjoying myself. I love just roaming around and doing samurai shit. Like that's the that is the that is the pinnacle of what I can <laughs> ask for.
2: Samurai shit.
0: It's great. I love yeah. it. Um, sure. Nice. I get it. I'm glad you guys are stoked on it. Yeah. Uh, uh
1: awesome. lock, you want to give us a little a little lock weekly upca- uh update recap? Gaming. Yeah. I
2: mean, it? I'm uh yeah. I mean, I'm still. Play-
1: still you just do. playing Valorant so,
2: right. yeah I don't really have um, I don't really have much else to share I'll probably end up doing Last of Us 2 soon um, I was just talking to a buddy about he, he had texted me and asked me if I had played it yet because he was trying to have a conversation about it so uh, hopefully I will play that soon um, I don't know man I just I have such a hard time playing narrative driven games now they yeah. like because of how much break time in between them I'll likely get um, it's hard. Like I struggle with that that amount of time in between play sessions, um, where I lose I lose the the drive for the narrative. I feel I'm so taken out of it that like trying to get back into it is really tough. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I want to
1: try and you know I was a big fan of Last of Us, so hopefully I can get through Last I, of Us two. Personally, but, I think uh, the connection you had with one is going to carry you over into two, and you're yeah. going to feel, you know. Real strong ties to that world, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a game for you. Right. Like like in a lot of ways, uh, including the way that usually the, you know these days everyone streams a game. Like this is a game you're not you're just going to sure. play an experience. Right. So you're really to be able to have whatever kind of connection you want um, to it. And I think you're really going to be able to kind of find that story driven experience that you want out of this one, especially because you're right. Like story games aren't really what kind of they used to be for right now, at least.
2: Yeah, and it's also you know like I like I was just talking the comparison point that I had um, when we were talking about Last of Us Two in this text conversation was like Horizon Zero Dawn was probably the last game that I kind of fell into for a while, but it was the same issue that I've had with a lot of other story games where I fall out of it for whatever reason, life, other games, yada yada yada, and then I just I for whatever reason, I can't just jump back into it and be at yeah. the point where I left off. I just really, really struggle with that. Sure. Um, and horizon zero dawn is a really great example. I got like 75% of the way through the game. And that's why I'm excited for the PC release because I'll probably end up doing the same thing, to be honest, playing <laughs> seventy-five <laughs> of the-, of the game, but, but like yeah. revisiting it on a new platform. Um, you know, where last of us at the time that I played it, you know, I played it all the way through and probably one to two play sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably try and do something similar with Last of Us 2 um, and then give my thoughts on it. But outside of that, you Nez know, has just been grinding ranked in Valorant.
0: Nice.
2: Um, Neo, and, Neo and I have played a bunch. Um, Silver 1 so now, I, I think
0: s- I am. No, you're Silver 3, dude. Silver 3, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Silver 3, Where,
1: where, where are you guys in the You're, the you're
0: lab, climbing. Woo! Climbing. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the carry. Um, I am Platinum
2: one right now that's pretty Um, high probably close to platinum too so the ranks are uh iron bronze silver gold platinum diamond immortal and then the highest rank which is called um um so i think we're all pretty much in line with one another between silver high silver and, and platinum is where really our whole crew is um, which I would probably say is like average to above average player base. Sure. I think, you know, um, we probably fall somewhere in, in the middle. Uh, but it's been fun, and I, I really enjoy the game. Um, it's it's really hard to go back and play other shooters after playing that game um, because of how well made it is from, from an architectural standpoint. Um, like, I tried to play Destiny PvP the other day, um, and it's just... <laughs> It's honestly it's fucking impossible. It's 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 utterly impossible to play that PvP now. How, uh,
1: how so specifically how, though? I know the uh the weekly rotator is like Team Scorched, where you just have a fucking rocket launcher and sure. just shoot everyone. That's the most fun right now, obviously in the I, game.
0: I feel
2: like like that is something I would enjoy in that PvP. Right. right. Like I can't go and play like something but hyper competitive in that just,
1: right now in that sandbox and now it's terrible.
2: It's yeah, between the sandbox and just like the low tick servers and the lag on the peer to peer and just all that is just it's it's so hard now. It it it's yeah. almost bad. I'm almost I'm almost like upset that Riot <laughs> gave me this because like if other <laughs> games don't meet this like level, it's gonna be really hard for me to yeah. go
1: play. Yeah, I anything else, yeah.
2: like I think Overwatch is probably before this overwatch was probably the the f- did the same thing for me which was like this is a very well-made tactical shooter right um set the hero shooter, i should say set the standard right it has good focus. servers and right um competitive focus um and but it didn't do it enough for me to not go and play a game that has significantly less focus in in pvp right um but you know we're, we're on the heels of um the Halo Five news, or uh, Halo Infinite, excuse me, Halo Infinite news tomorrow. So, um, the um, I'm hopeful that we'll we'll have another really good shooter in in the future. I sh- probably shouldn't put all my eggs in in that basket. Um, look, man, look, hype's a great
1: thing. It's a magical thing, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, can is carry-
2: if, it is. It is if you're not putting all your eggs in the Microsoft basket for game development, but.
1: I know. Um,
2: yeah, so really, just outside outside of just watching streams, it's really just been it's just been Valorant right for me.
1: Cool trip. Uh, I won't be too long. Uh, I'll kind of wrap up uh, a quick summary of my week, and then we'll transition to some of the news points. Um, I'm still on the Last of Us Part Two. Again, no spoilers for sure. But um, my stream tomorrow will be the end of the of my journey in that game for sure. Based on where I'm at, right. based on the people in my chat kind of describing things. How many sessions have you had? I've seen you streaming it. I haven't tuned
2: in, but I've seen you go live. Eight.
1: It'll be nine streams tomorrow. Okay. So the in-game counter says 29 hours. Uh, That game counter does not count repeat attempts. It can't. It literally can't. Because of my stream time (laughs) more than that, you know? Um, There were some things that I tried to do, like specifically challenge-wise when I was playing that extended the time. Um, I'm also a player that, like, will look for everything Everything sure in right every room get every piece of equipment um, that I possibly can so that's of course extends time um, but I'm loving it and especially with the decision to not jump right into ghosts like I feel like I'm really getting you know every single value every single value of every dollar I put into this game and I'm um, absolutely in love with the experience what
2: because we haven't spoke I mean I tuned into maybe one or two of your last of us one streams you were still pretty early on in the experience um, mm-hmm. what what was your thoughts on one as a package and then how did that lead you into into two and what you're
1: experiencing now do you mean in terms of the story or the just everything sure
2: just everything i mean you've you're you're probably one of the last people on earth to play last of Us <laughs> one blind this late in the
1: game yeah, that's, right really so, fucking good. Uh, yeah.
2: uh, I'm, I'm just curious on like what your thoughts are i'm sorry if you've already done this on an episode no 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 but, it's it's um,
1: We actually haven't done the whole one into the other because the last time we were to talk about this, I wouldn't have been deep into into two by any means. But yeah, I did um, Last of Us Part 1, obviously, into the DLC straight into two. Um, And if we're going to compare the games as games, uh, two does like 90% of every gameplay choice incredibly better Mm -hmm. than one. Mm -hmm. Um, My one real sticking point, actually, I've... We have two, maybe three. Um, One of them is your upgrade paths are no longer like free choice, how they were in the first one. You know, you can kind of change, you save up your materials, whatever, and and buy whatever upgrade. In this one, you have like different like paths. You have to like actually, you start with like, I think one. I think you just start with one actually. Um, Upgrade path of five perks. And you find manuals in the world to give you additional upgrade paths. And then once you have additional paths, you can then choose from those paths, but it still is linear. You have to go first perk, second perk, third perk, and build on right, those. Right. Um. Okay. I like the freeformness of everything, but I feel like maybe they made that decision because it could break the game a little bit. Like when I was playing one, I found myself saving up because I was like, "Oh, I, that's the best thing to have, obviously," and I can survive with my gameplay style until I get that, and then I'll be even better. So I could just like right. on real specific, real good shit right up front, and kind of like you know play conservatively until then. So they do force you to experience those uh, those gameplay paths. It's probably better for training you how to experience the game and how to play in the ways they want you to. I just mm-hmm. it's a preference of mine. Um, right, right. The only other weird thing is that they... Um, in the Elastos Part 1, uh, R1 was your change shoulder view when you're looking around corners or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. In this, they bound that shortcut to swap through all of your weapons. So if you have your shoulder slings... You can hit R one to go through like your long range, your short range weapons, and that's like your quick uh, shortcut. And they changed the shoulder swap to while you're ADSing, you hit square.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, so, weird I personally would have swapped that
1: because you build the muscle memory of like aiming and looking, especially with like switching your view and everything. It's just a it's a nitpicky thing. For but Uncharted my, Four, it was but triangle, it's, but it's a good call
2: out. You know, it's it's a good call out from someone that went from mm-hmm. like i would never be able to call out that because i haven't played one in forever right right so like i don't right. remember what the the actual like um mechanics of it were on that granular of a level but that's yeah. interesting to see like you boot into two and you're used to like doing something and you go to do it and it's like yeah well, that's not what i want
1: to do, right.
3: do want to probably yeah. they're probably hoping everybody had about seven years to forget those
1: people keep- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. um,
0: I, I was and definitely like, fighting with it as yeah. well yeah
1: yeah, to something you brought mm. up earlier, Neo, How smooth the combat is because there are a lot more, um, like movement-based things you can do in this game. Like you can go prone, you can go running mm. into prone, like you can actually sprint and then like hold the the circle button to like throw yourself onto the ground and then start crawling. So much of these animations and movements kind of mix together that if it was a seamless kind of control transition,
0: I think it would have been even better to, you know, go right off the gate into the. Uh, I mean. You know, right. I'll That's definitely tell you by the end of the game, like it took me pretty much the whole game, but once I got to the end point, I was very much used to the controls and then you, know, you, you just start slaying people like you you get very right. adapt to the controls after a while, right like right right yeah. but yes. yeah I mean
1: it's, it's, it's like I said, 90 percent gameplay is totally fine and a vast improvement from the first part and then in terms of story, like I feel like I'm watching like a, like a really really well-made
0: season of TV mm-hmm. the way they're right. telling. And I'm so fucking engaged, and I can't wait for tomorrow to I see how it all wraps. Up, I'm honestly. going to have to watch your stream because I do want to get your thoughts on the ending, like yeah. to some degree. Like I need to, I need to know what you think for sure. Yeah.
2: God, I gotta play, I gotta play it. Fuck. Yeah, man,
0: you do, you do. your time. It's your. your yeah, dude, uh,
2: I um, I'm curious. What were what were your really quickly before we move on? Yeah. What was your thoughts from a narrative perspective about the DLC of the first game? Because I remember that being very profound to me like getting the Ellie backstory. Right. Um, right. Like, how do you feel like that, that DLC was as a whole from your experience? Yeah. Um, do was- you feel like that, that narrative helped tie into the second one?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't think it's, it's a spoiler at all to say that like, obviously Ellie has um, relationships with women in the last of us part two and the DLC like really gave you the backstory into that kind of like awakening. It wasn't like right. like they didn't smack you over the head with it. Obviously, um, they just had you kind of like along with the journey of her connection with another person that she was with. But I think it 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 grows that character for sure, mm-hmm. and it grows that that you know origin story and kind of like her her experience. Um, and it was just from from besides the Ellie perspective, it was cool to see what was happening while, you know, because that chapter ended with, uh, you know, spoilers for Last of Us Part 1. Don't worry, I'm the last one that need to be spoilers, so no one actually cares anymore. <laughs> it ended with Joel, like, getting impaled by that piece of rebar, and then you cut automatically, I think, to, like, winter at that point mm-hmm. after that. So it filled in all that story, which I loved. I loved kind of seeing what was happening and how she kind of, you know, got the supplies to save him and keep him alive. So it worked on a lot of levels. It worked on, like, a like a character-building level and, a you know, filling-in-the-gaps kind of experience. Right. So I
2: enjoyed it. Nice yeah awesome it's, it's awesome. good to hear
1: yeah so uh yeah transitioning in the news i know we got a lot of really big news points to hit i'm gonna start with a personal experience and just like get this one really quick out there do it sim sparked is a reality show we hit on this last week it's a video game reality show that uh that just aired on friday on tbs uh the episodes are uh the first episode is on youtube on the youtube channel now as of monday um, watch this because it's one of the, it's one of the video games. Sh- like it's a video game TV show. We don't get many of them. It's a reality based show. And, um, ultimately it wasn't as, uh, exciting and well done as I thought it could have been for a video game competition show. Um, the, uh, with the Sims, obviously the, the goal was to have 12 people compete for a hundred thousand dollars and, um, it wasn't well done in terms of their in terms of their experience. What they did was they put people into, into groups of, of three. So what you did was you had a, a builder for whatever uh, your Sims mission was. You had a storyteller. And then you had, you had a builder, you had a storyteller, and you had a, um, someone else who wasn't that important, obviously, because I can't <laughs> fucking remember. But like, the point of the game was they made it this like very reality showy thing where they focused on the people and not the actual like, activity so most of the show was talking about like oh tell us about your sims what story did you make and then like focusing on how well this person could communicate their sims story and not on the fact of like they're playing a game and they're good at the game you know so they could have focused on like a building challenge and said everyone build something build something to this like requirement and then like have us you know rate and judge this and it just that would have been way better than like let's judge people on their communication skills their you know story writing skills which has nothing to do with the game itself so it came off a little bit contrived and uh, a little so bit weird. forced in the first episode and did like they didn't highlight the game as well as they should have highlighted a game if you're going to have a game reality show you know so uh didn't really uh it's it it's, 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 i mean like where have
2: we reached in gaming mainstream that sims is is a competition on TV? Like it's great, in in all honesty. It's a popular
3: really game is, for sure. Like
0: yeah.
3: I mean, I like, think, what sport was it where they couldn't do games and they said they were going to play a video game to to emulate playing sports that they couldn't play? Is that basketball? I like, that's a be- I, I think it was
1: basketball. Was like yeah. that's a better example of this than a Sims competition. I mean, like the thing is though that, that it could have been a really good oh, yeah. concept and like when shit like this happens everyone has so many eyes on it because like it's it's one of the first or one of the newest right and when it shits the bed this badly it just like it's it's double disappointing because it's like now you just you've you've taken it all back this much farther
3: and and, yeah it scares everybody away from trying something like that Mm -hmm.
1: are you
0: gonna give episode two a chance is there an episode two yeah no there will be
1: i will i'll watch episode two i think i'm i mean what the the fuck else are we doing in quarantine right i'll probably watch the entire season of this just to like follow the path and see what's going on um but yeah like the way they they focused on forcing people to like make up a story out of your brain for your sims and then tell us about it regardless of how good you are at talking not actually playing the game Mm -hmm. it's just it's a weird choice you know because like reality shows i get it are focused on people and you got to have compelling characters and people and, and things like that to to have content to watch, so but they could have been a little bit more. It, like it, it's, a competi- it's a competition
3: show. Like I wouldn't watch a cooking competition show to watch them talk about themselves. I'd watch it to exactly. watch them cook in exactly. a lot of
1: conversations about this show. Uh, there were comparisons with cooking shows. Like why can't you just tell them to, you know, bake something and see what you get.
0: Mm-hmm. But like, I you do know? realize a lot of reality shows, they, they inject like the drama of the people on the show. Right was there like mm-hmm. a, like a lot of that did they have because what were the personalities like of the of these contestants like were they even it's it's all like
1: uh they were either streamers or they were mm-hmm. people that uh that made youtube videos for sims or they're people like they were just deep in the community for one reason or another um I can't think of her name offhand but I know one streamer um was kind of like involved in this project for making challenges and stuff and you know she kind of like went away for a couple months and, and designed things for the sims here um but yeah they did the classic reality show thing of like staging aggression between everyone else and like oh I love that uh, like you know making enemies and just like like why just this is can we just have like a wholesome like toxic free game like about a video game and just and we can't obviously so no that's not that's not good to me a lot of high expectations for it but we'll see I'll stick through with a couple more episodes at least just to see where it goes Uh, if it gets any better I'm gonna expect a weekly
0: update from now on <laughs> yeah i mean i need to know i not gonna at least watch, if watch if it if the Sims community is handling <laughs> yes it. Like, i know the more-
1: they they don't like it oh man like it.
0: that's just the so ones funny.
1: That are they're deeply involved do not enjoy this show so that's your Sims sparked update stay tuned for episode two next
0: week oh man I, i'm on the edge of my seat i know you are let's go next what's up next all right you ready for uh the news guys yeah. It, All right. So that was the story. That one. was the story two, Neo. Get that story two, right? <laughs> oh shit, my bitch, my bitch. Um, So do you want to get right into the big story of the week?
1: I mean, I honestly uh, think yeah.
2: the, most of the other stuff is just stuff we can briefly discuss. I mean, I, the the Ubisoft stuff is probably the large yeah. chunk of conversation. Yeah. Right? You want to get the
0: small stuff out mm-hmm. of the
2: way? No, I mean we get we could hit Ubisoft oh, cool. if you want to first. It's up to you guys. Um, I mean, that's really the bulk of the conversation. All this other stuff is yeah. just. News, news points and speculation.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah, um, yeah. Because tomorrow we have the Xbox showcase. As of recording this, that's that we'll probably talk about next week when we come back. Xbox is doing. God, their I just big I thing. really, I just need it to be
2: good, man. I just, I just can't. My heart can't take Halo Infinite to be uh,
0: <laughs> to be <laughs> anything less Empire. than good, dude. I'm um, pulling for been, you. Please tie your whole
1: like excitement into this, because if it pays off, we, we've been, been broken so before. We've been nothing long. broken. You you deserve happiness with this. So what, people
2: are excited about playing Halo Three right now. That game came out a decade <laughs> <true>. ago.
0: <laughs> so, like, I. What God, do you? What do you? Better like, be good. Yeah. So today they released the the box art for it. What do you? What do you think? Box art's what, dope. Yeah. You think? Okay. You like it? It seems. Yeah. I, mean, I
2: love the callbacks to to Combat Evolved.
0: It does look um, like that. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. Um, there's just so many there's just so many ways for it to go wrong that like i don't and it's I, true i i have i don't have any faith until they can show me something positive I mean, let, At least you
3: rest easy knowing it's not a battle
0: royale it's going to be hey they might add that you don't know they,
2: but they might add it. that's the crazy
0: thing we, but it won't we, we be we a thing you're either excited or disappointed about <laughs> right true so true. let me ask you this lock as the as the halo guy do yeah. you do you want a return to the classic feel of Halo? Or do you are you okay with the new modernish feel to Halo that they've been pursuing? They've been kind of injecting into, into Halo.
2: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a really good question that I don't think I have a really good answer for, but I'll I'll try my best. So Halo 4 was awful. Everything about it was really bad. Damn. Um now in Halo five they did movement really well with the jetpack with the booster. Um, kind of, um, much better than Call of Duty did with Advanced Warfare. Um, sure makes however, sense. however, I think they need to go back to just classic arena shooter, right? Like just the no sprinting, no abilities, right? Like just you pick up weapons on the map—a classic Halo experience. Because ultimately, that's what drives competition. Um. I think Halo five had a lot of good things going for it from like a multiplayer experience, not talking about like Halos overarching story. Um, if we're just talking about multiplayer, I think it was a definite improvement over Halo four. Um, they can take risks and I think it's fine for them to take risks and evolve into, to a more, um, current sandbox. Um, they've just, they haven't shown three, four, three has not shown that they can execute that well um so i think to be safe it's very easy to create a game i shouldn't say this is a very armchair thing to say but it's easier to create a multiplayer experience when there's not many levels to it in terms of like abilities and and um being able to you know climb up things and your movement like if it's very um similar to like halo one through three um it's easier for them to get that right because there's less things to go wrong Mm. um I but if, I, I hope that made some kind of sense for, yeah. for your question i you know i think i think i would like to see some evolution but i wouldn't take the evolution
0: so you're um, you're saying you want combat to evolve oh my god <laughs> I, I um,
2: <laughs> yes i'm glad you got i'm glad you took that I'm there,
3: glad you're you took welcome.
1: thank you <laughs> we'll be so all with uh,
3: like valorant um i guess you can throw destiny pvp in there not really but but valorant um call of duty with both modes how is like especially with multiplayer how is halo supposed to what do you think they could do to try and stick because halo multiplayer was big for one two and three reach uh but four was people were playing it on xbox but it was Mm -hmm. 360 and yep. then five, the multiplayer didn't stick. Like everybody was just playing everything else, and then you have BRs come out right after that, so no one really paid any mind. How? What do you think they could do to try and like make it stick?
2: That's a good question. Um, I think that's where like the core gameplay really matters. What what Halo always did well was you had a sandbox that was static that didn't really change. So you had your Halo 1 you had your pistol, Halo 2 and Halo 3 you had your BR, you had a rocket launcher, and you had a sniper. And that was literally it, right? So there's not mastering a lot of different weapons. Um, It really just came down to map awareness, teamwork, and your raw skill with your primary weapon. Um, And that's what Valorant does extremely well, and that's why it's also really fun to play, and it's also really successful. The sandbox is static. You have a core group of really good weapons that you would use in in later rounds. Um, that you only really have to get good with just those. It is solely focused around teamwork um, and map awareness, um, and that's why it's really good. The difference yes. between the two is is like Valorant is you know you all you have to do is click ahead once and die versus halo having shields. And it's a little bit different with health ability, regeneration and things of that nature. Um, so that's just a different player base wanting to play halo versus valorant, um, depending on what type of, uh, shooter experience you like, but the core mechanics of it just come down to raw skill with your gun, the ability to learn the map inside and out to where, you know, little things that just the average gamer doesn't know. And then your ability to work as a team. Um, So I think if you can hit all of those points, it will stand out as a competitive game. Um, And it can compete. Like Halo can come back to the forefront as an eSport if it hits those things really well. Um, And that's where they missed the mark in Halo 4 and Halo 5. The guns didn't feel great in Halo 4. They felt extremely clunky. Sprinting didn't feel right in Halo 4. The maps weren't great for it. And then in Halo 5, they fixed the movement. Um, But to your point, it, it just came out at the wrong time. Um, it, there, there were other things happening. Other games were happening at the release of Halo Five that that took all of that draw away from it. Yeah, kind of, kind of pushed the industry
0: right. in a different direction, right? Like it, that's what it was doing. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, BRs. He makes it. Demos makes a really good point. BRs were on the rise. I, I'm assuming. They're I don't like, remember timeline uh, specifically, but you have PUBG coming out probably similar in a similar fashion to that, which took everything by storm, right? Um, but you know, Halo Five had a lot of good things going for it. Um, you know, the, 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 guns, um, in that game, while there were a lot of wonky ones, the core gameplay was pretty great. Um, so it, I, I, but the, the crazy thing is we all have no idea where they're going with this game. So like I have, all we have right now is, is box art.
0: Well, right? I, I we have really a uh, I have an article here. It's about, it's quoting a leak or an, a Halo Insider. Mm-hmm who's saying the Halo Infinite Arena is going back to classic map uh, control gameplay, uh, power-ups and weapons on the, on the field. Um, there will be a lot of cool uh, power-ups to, c- to uh, complement the, sa- the, um, the sandbox. Grappling hook, thrust, and classics like Overshield will probably be involved. Uh, all this is very dynamic and might uh, be he- very heavily based on playlists. So, you know, obviously you'll have your game types with certain certain right. modes and, and power-ups involved. But uh, that that is from a insider leak that was talking about this yeah, earlier I think, this week.
2: And I think Halo 3 did that, right? Halo 3 took some risks with some abilities, but it ultimately didn't make it into the competitive scene because mm-hmm. they did a really good job of making you able to take that stuff out when you built custom games. But the core gameplay was still really great. It sounds, hopefully, from this leak, that's what they're going back to, right? Mm-hmm. Having a, a good foundational core gameplay layering stuff on top of it for people that like to play the more social aspect of the game um and can have fun in social playlists or in some of these wonky type you know these wonky game types um but foundationally the the esports community and the competitive scene can strip all of that down to something that 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 can be competitive Um, a little bit different than valorant's approach which is like this is our game you have there's no other way to play it besides the way we've designed it. It's designed specifically to be a tactical shooter, and that's all it'll ever be. Um, Halo's never really been that, though. It's always had its its wonky playlist and its wonky weapons, but you've always been able to tweak the settings enough to make it something uber competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they can hit that mark. If not, it's dead. Honestly, if they don't do it, Halo's dead. Damn. It's, 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 a, it's a breaking point for that. coffin. Um, the
3: story's not doing great for people so what do they have
2: Um, I mean quite honestly if it were to not do good from a multiplayer perspective I would tell them to put all of their eggs in in a single player experience you can maybe do co-play maybe you could do one or two people in a campaign but like don't even try and do multiplayer anymore Put all your eggs in a campaign basket because it, it's it's DOA after this that's, man. That's like, there's crazy. No, there's Halo, no way it could survive.
0: Halo's always been like the multiplayer game, right? Like that's that's one of that was one of its foundations. It man. was, the yeah. I mean, like shooter. Mm. Yeah,
2: that's old Xbox. Started playing it. Yeah. Was was playing it with one to two other buddies. Combat evolved, right? Like that's just um, how w- or some early gaming memories with friends. Um, so it, but it, it, it's had halo's had such a tumultuous time that if they don't and they know this right like if they don't hit this um or they don't you know stick it fairly well and then support it extremely well um it's i think it's it's doa for the franchise personally but
1: wow damn we'll
2: see more tomorrow i i doubt we get any i doubt we get much from the multiplayer so perspective tomorrow it'll probably mostly be uh campaign stuff i'd imagine and narrative
0: halo aside maybe maybe i'll be proven wrong are we expecting anything else from the from the uh, showcase tomorrow? Like maybe Fable or some other franchise that we haven't seen them like whip up? They bought there's a lot of studios, right? Yeah, yeah, there
2: are rumors. Yeah, there's Fable, rumors yeah. for Fable, um, which I think would be great for them. But I think I think I read a quote from from Phil Spencer essentially saying, "Don't expect much from our game studios for a while." Still, got it. Okay. Um, I don't I don't remember the exact quote, but it, it, it did say something like, "Don't expect a lot of first party titles." Like, we just want you to know now that we're working on it and we know it's a problem, but first party titles are still, we're not ready for, for that yet. I think that's um, kind of what
3: they're trying to drive home the you can play all these games on the Series X and Halo's coming out. It's because they want you to like get the console, stay in the ecosystem with what they have plus Halo because they know there's more coming and they want you already there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've you know, they've, they do service better. Like we 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 know that like their their service platform as a whole has always been superior to PlayStation's, and PlayStation has always been superior in, in titles. Um, even when Xbox had more titles to play, it, it still wasn't comparable, right? Absolutely, um, and I, I think agree. They're le- they're they're leaning so heavily into their service right now with Xbox Play Anywhere and Game Pass because game pass quite honestly is I, I still believe is the future of gaming right mm-hmm. um i think it's it's a, it's a it can get there um so they, they need to lean into that knowing that they just don't have the the first party their studios are not quite ready yeah. um yeah and keep in I'm mind x, x- cloud is also up. another
0: thing that they're 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 pushing right. up as well the their streaming yeah, platform that's
2: another big thing yep um
0: but there is—I'd uh, have to find the,
2: the Phil Spencer quote at some point. But um, he essentially alluded to like, don't don't get your hopes up. Like, we don't want you to get your hopes up right mm-hmm. now about, about first-party titles. Um, so I wouldn't—I wouldn't expect much, quite honestly, from this in terms of Damn. surprises. Maybe a fabled tease, like uh, an official fabled tease, and not just a link, which would be great. But not showing yeah. gameplay. Right. That's yeah. a good point. Demos. So we Name might just get. Dream. We might just get some more like Elder Scrolls Six shit. Right where it's just like a title and a and a scene, uh,
1: but it makes me so fucking excited, dude! So excited,
2: <laughs> right? we have no idea when it's coming out. You might not even make it, but we are excited. Uh, for-
1: Starfield is uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Oh
0: done, god. done. <laughs> spoilers. Oh god, spoilers.
2: <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that's tomorrow, so I'm sure I'll, I'll definitely be watching it and see what they what they cook up for us. Um, yeah, it's new, uh, noon Eastern is when I think the the stream goes live. Oh, cool. For for it, yep. Well, I'll definitely be there for that. But uh, let's move on to our big story of the night. Um, this was broke. This broke uh, yesterday morning by Jason Schreier, the man himself. Uh, he released this huge piece on uh, titled Ubisoft Family Accused of Mishandling Sexual Claims and Misconducts. Oh, my God. So this is off the Can heels. Can
1: we a hand raise if anyone in this podcast at least is surprised about Ubisoft? Anyone? If you're surprised, raise your hand
0: i'm not surprised that it's ubisoft in general i'm okay i'm, de- okay, I'm not ra- not raising no yeah. one's raising their hand sure. but no one. this doesn't Got surprise it. me because because the culture of the industry feels like it's always been like this and when you think about like riot games like their their massive court scandals that they had over the past two years and just other companies in general seem to all suffer from this massive issue um it, the, the article details the family members, like who it's. Ubisoft is a family-run company. Eves uh, Gilmont, uh, a bunch of other, yeah, family family-run. Just the the execs are I, just. I put quotes for all the
1: listeners at home who aren't watching live on our Twitch stream. Reminder: We're live on Twitch Wednesday nights, seven thirty p.m. Tune in.
0: Nailed it. Yeah. Um, apparently, a lot of the top management has been getting away with just the most inappropriate things that you can possibly think of. Um, just overall. Not great, not great behavior when it comes to handling I mean, female employees and r- employees of other, uh, I guess you could say, ethnicities. Sure, like when we, if we thought about it
1: intelligently, we knew this was all a thing, right? We just didn't have the details. All we had was Ubisoft's lack of of action, lack of corrective action, lack of like affirmation that things are different, lack of like you know removing people that were in charge of, of departments and. And then Jason Schreier goes and blows it all up, and then all of a sudden, you know, you send and them on. It's like, well, well, okay, yeah, we're oh, 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 here's all the things we're doing, dude. Uh, but also, by the way, I'm staying as CEO because I'm like the best dude, and I know how, I know what things are good and stuff. By the way, it goes
3: back even, even farther than, farther than, than that too, because back sorry, it goes back even farther than that too. Like with just like you can tell by the kind of culture that they have, where it's. Um, which, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, when it was like people were talking about that, was the first one where they really talked about a female protagonist or character or something. I think is what it was. Mm-hmm, and yeah. they said, was it the it would have cost too much to make a female model? Animations and was, all that, that was, too, yeah.
1: it, or <laughs> was like
3: Something really early on, like back then. And that was like 2013, this Straight face And like that just kind of sets the stone like sets it up for like that's just how it is it's it's
1: two sides of the story it's like it's you know portraying this like people want to create and have female lead protagonists in these games like probably their core game right you think of ubisoft you think of assassin's creed but just kind of bottom line really um people been trying to have a a female lead probably really strongly since syndicate i think right like maybe they had discussion started with unity
3: liberation the spin or the, the side game. game that was a female character right yeah. so it would have right. been
0: that was after that that was after that quote series. yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and, and then go ahead, go ahead. no you, i was gonna say the article details that no, you, oh no you go <laughs> ooh, ooh. no uh the article details that um that that the people who worked on these games had been trying to push for female in like, in, or like just like different than your white male protagonist inclusion, right? Like they've been trying to advocate for that for long. And then this guy that they describe in the, uh, in the article, I don't know his name. Sorry, but he apparently okay. just turns, he'll host, he straight up is like the, the decision maker of, of any of these pitch meetings. Right. And he would just turn it away going, yep, sorry, women don't sell in these, in these situations. Right. Like he was he was the guy axing the ideas that these people would come to come to these pitch meetings for 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 Assassin's Creed games and other and other titles that they do. Um, yeah. Serge Hascote. And that's I'm probably it, yeah. not saying the name correctly because there is an umlaut over the E.
1: But we'll say Serge Hascote just for the purpose of the podcast. Uh, Chief creative officer um, and good friend Chief of. of uh, Yeah. Of Yves Guillemot, who is still, you know, the CEO, because, you know, he has made a statement that he's that he. You know, knows the best, and he is just the 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 morally uh, straight arrow that Ubisoft is going to follow. He's going to make all the decisions, uh, of course. Everyone believes that a thousand percent, but he's staying on as CEO. Um, but this is a good friend of his. But yes, as chief creative officer, he was the one everyone went to meetings for, her. and like you were saying, Neo, like they just had experiences where they were like, it was like one woman in a room of you know a conference room full of men judging their creations. I think there was even one story that was highlighted on a on a breakout tweet mm-hmm. by Jason Schreier about how like when one presenter, when she left the room, like this guy, this dude, Serge Hascoat, pulled up like a YouTube video of, of a band playing a song using her name. Like not about her, but like the like it was like an explicit, like a sexually explicit song with her name in it. Like, just like played some YouTube shit on their projector in the room as she was out and like came back in and was like, oh, oh, sorry. Like, real fucking fucked up mental head games kind of shit in these boardroom scenarios. Oh, yeah. Easily. And like,
2: Serge Housecoat sounds like a diehard villain.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he, does, he really does. But well, he doesn't like, want it. anymore. But the thing that, that always sticks out to me is like, they didn't do that. Until all this spotlight got shown on them. No, and they so never. They never do, I, I, no, right? So I don't even fucking think. Uh, Eve Sigmund. Siegel- no, like the CEO doesn't even give a shit. The Eve Sigmund. But, compl- uh, but he, if he knew this guy as well as he's as we expect him to know this guy as a close personal friend, dude. Yeah, you're in on this.
0: Shit. It's like and, everyone else is. And then like you, you get him like pretty much going like feigning ignorance on the whole situation. right? like, oh, I didn't realize that this was happening, but right. in the article, multiple people have gone to HR unheard like like completely right. brushed aside all all complaints about this so it's impossible for and obviously hr's general job isn't to help the employees it's to protect okay. the company right like it's it's almost egregious that he wouldn't he would feign complete ignorance on any of these situations that have occurred? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm too busy running the company. I don't know what's going on in these fucking meetings. Like, okay, right.
2: yeah. I mean, I would, I would almost lean more towards him knowing him as a friend. I, I honestly, I, I could see that happening. I could see some HR yeah. person just, just burying it and him not knowing. Like,
0: mm-hmm. just because someone oh, submits whatever, HR complaint, yeah,
2: yeah, does yeah. not mean that the CEO is going to, to know about it, right? But I think if, if he knew this person as a friend, this dude doesn't act like this just at work. He clearly right. acts like oh, a right. raging douchebag, like throughout life, right? So um, <laughs> right. Exactly. He, he, he's, he has to know that the, the guy is not, you know, uh,
1: a good, good person. Uh, yeah, because that kind of shit, it's not, you don't just hide that. That's part of your personality. You know, it comes out in so many different ways. Correct. So many different Correct.
0: ways. Right. Um, yeah. Another um, detail. The, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, you, you're, good. you're good. Oh. Cool. Um, another detail that we learned, uh, now this was interesting because as it's, it's this is actually a good thing for Felix to have chimed in on, but um because we've been talking about this a lot, like the past two weeks about the narrative of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is which is something that Felix has been talking about, how it I guess it almost bothers him that it doesn't make sense for them to have these two protagonists being brothers and sisters role reversed. And apparently in the development, Cassandra was the original pitch as the main character for that game you weren't supposed to be able to have another character such as alexios to play as but they were forced to include him in the in the narrative because they wanted the ability for people to play as the male lead in an assassin's creed game which i which i I find absolutely fascinating what go ahead it it just kind of like
3: blows my mind somebody's like oh women don't sell like how many triple a games are there where there is a female protagonist that you play as exclusively in the game a lot i tomb raider horizon like near those some of the most best-selling franchises yeah that exist and it just seems weird to say oh it doesn't make money
0: yeah there's no money
2: there it just comes down to a to a one person's yeah. opinion that yeah. makes the decision that doesn't want to play as a it, female it, protagonist right
3: in a situation um, like a creative situation like that it really shouldn't be one person like a one creative head saying yes or no Mm-hmm. Like it should be either a team or a couple people or something. Cause it doesn't, you don't get a good gauge on what gamers like. You get a good gauge on what this one guy likes or what he thinks other people will like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's like interesting and you can actually see a lot of like Ubisoft's decisions over the past couple of years. Like for example, Watch Dogs Two had a, had a black protagonist, which was, I, I am assuming they fought tooth and nail to get right. like, to get in there um but other than that like like a lot most most of ubisoft protagonists are very samey they're 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 all the same in their stories and they're all nathan drake they're all nathan <laughs> drake exactly um but yeah so i wonder if that actually uh, the because uh, we have valhalla coming out and there's there's also a female and male choice that you get to make throughout you know you know as as the lead i wonder if that actually is a remnant of like the decision making that that we that we're that we've seen from maybe ubisoft i think it comes i think it comes down to like um how they
2: portray the female protagonist like viking culture female a lot of weight in female warriors right um as shield maidens um and there's a lot of history going back to um you know strong female protagonists in in that um part of history so uh I think I think we will easily be able to tell the way the narrative is written on whether or not it was written in a way for equality um, or if it was just added to a piece. Uh, I think it'll be very, very apparent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Valhalla is one of the first games in a long time that I'm excited. It'll be my first Assassin's Creed game if I play it. Yeah, you're a huge Viking um, fan. Sure. Yeah, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. Um... <laughs> so my my only my only attempt at an Assassin's Creed game was when I bought my my Xbox One. I got the Unity One, Unity, but Unity was broken at the time. Oh, um, <laughs> that's <laughs> where it Unity
1: was, it was their face and shit. Yeah, yeah, was it was hard.
2: like it was it was fucking unplayable. So I yeah. just didn't. So I, I booted it. I played maybe thirty minutes to an hour. Um, because it was the the game that I got with the console at the time. Sure, yeah. Um, and then that that's it. But I don't have any other experience. Like I've thought about buying Origins or Odyssey when they've been on sale numerous times on Steam. I just haven't pulled the trigger. But I in- I, I will I will do Valhalla because I'm a huge uh fan of like Viking Viking um, shit Viking shit. Yeah,
1: it'd be cool to see that at the like the most modern, up to date in- interpretation of an Assassin's Creed kind of world and franchise. My personal recommendation, if you have time and you are looking for something to game, the Ezio trilogy, which is a two, uh, uh, brotherhood revelations. Oh my God, dude. One of my favorite trilogies of games of all time. It's, it's
2: Felix has tried so many times (laughs) and I, I probably would enjoy it. I would probably really, really enjoy it. Um,
1: yeah, maybe one day one day
2: don't, they, don't they, sell, they sell an Ezio trilogy
1: they do I mean, yeah that's what he, they have they, they have do, not right? only a trilogy together of all the stories but they've all like up them for current gen mm.
2: so, so now you get P, that it's on ps4 currently like yeah. Ezio trilogy on ps4
0: yeah. i'm sure you can get it on pc too right? maybe yeah um those would be would the ones probably, yeah yeah so to, to round out the story or to, to put an end cap to it uh, there was an earnings call today uh, with Ubisoft and Jason was actually posting a lot of the uh, details of of like the call um, aside from all mentioning all other stuff which I'll get to they mentioned that their all their f- their cross gen future games will be sixty dollars so that's a big debate that's been happening for over the past couple of weeks well well are they going to raise the price of games in the future uh, for the next generation um, they said I think yeah, go ahead.
3: I was going to say, with, I think, 2K being the only publisher who posted game prices going up.
0: Mm-hmm. They did, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. So, that, yeah, that was interesting. Um, and another thing, someone asked during the earnings call, um, if he knew the, what the extent was happening, uh, to the extent of what was going on in the company re- in relation to the article that was posted. And he said, each time we've we've been... <laughs> He said, each time we've been made aware of misconduct, we've made tough decisions. It has now become clear that certain individuals betrayed the trust that I placed in them. He also added, I have never compromised on my core values and ethics and never will. That is very (laughs) shady. Yeah, it's it's not answering the question, right? Well, even say, I made a tough
3: decision. Yeah, you made a tough decision by literally not doing a single thing about it. Until until it was reported, right? (laughs) Until it came out. Like, oh yeah and they really betrayed my trust because they let somebody find out I haven't like stepped away from my core values because I'm fine with it so I'm still supporting like it it's like enabling the same culture that they're dealing with and just appeasing like what Locke said about appeasing by doing these decisions in a game like you're appeasing the people who are looking at your company from the outside you're not actually doing anything
0: yeah exactly um it's it's all for what it's all for like the what's what's the word i'm looking for the face value no it's it's all for public appearance that's it it's all for it's
1: all for face value works too just the the outward appearance of what you're saying yeah Mm -hmm.
0: exactly To, to just appease people you know absolutely well other than that guys if you guys have any anything else to add to this uh i don't know what other news you guys want to talk about that i've posted but other than that i think that's a that's a show right that uh, would, act. Uh, there would be one other thing
2: that I'm, I'm interested in hearing your guys' take on is the, um the logic Twitch exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, sure. I think uh, we're going to say mean, well, before we d- dive in. I mean, not before, as we dive in more deeply, Um if, uh if we don't know yet, logic signed a deal with Twitch to create content on Twitch. What I think is most interesting about this. is not that Twitch signed him for a contract. It's just that he said, I'm done making music. Mm-hmm. I just Days love, gaming.
3: Later. Days I later,
1: do, I love gaming so much. And this is just what I want to do. That's what I blows don't. my God in mind.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, um, I mean, his, I mean, I'm a huge fan of logic. I've listened to his music for a long time. Yeah, for um, sure. And he's done streams before and I've watched him, him stream before and I've watched him play with other streamers. Um, so, I mean, it, it I mean it's it's cool to see that. I mean he definitely has the privilege to be able to be like, yeah, I'm going to just be a Twitch streamer now um and play video games for a living. Um but it's it's he, like it caught me off it's not crazy, but it did catch me off guard to see that in my Twitter feed. Like, yeah, nowhere exactly. just like Logic retires as a rapper and is now signing a Twitch exclusivity deal to play video games. I was like, "What?" I mean, did this, this, this come from? This is just a
3: really smart deal on twitch's side because slowly like with uh you know uh kids getting older the gaming market like spreading as far as it has they're making gaming and even watching streams or streaming gaming more accessible and more relatable to more people so like Two years ago if you were watching a stream of a game, someone will think completely different versus if you watch a stream of a game now and throwing a musician, a really popular musician, a exclusive contract on Twitch to stream games it's making that culture more accessible, making it more normalizing it to more people. So you had like Ninja with Drake on where it got really big and now
1: you've got logic streaming on Twitch.
2: True. You're we gonna say
1: true. Um, While well, that is definitely true as well, it's great visibility. It's great like acceptance and openness for games. Um, I think about it from a, a different perspective, from Logic's perspective, and it's kind of funny because like, I don't know, and I don't, I don't want to get too like, uh, I don't know, heady here. I don't want to get too like philosophical. Really, for the show, it's not kind of what we do on the show. But like, think about Logic, right? He's like a very talented musician. And like people that are very talented are supposed to like get passion out of the things that they do, you know? But like think about you, yourselves, your everyday work, your your life is like, you know, I go to work because I have to go to work and I make money because I have to make money to exist. I bring the money back to my family and that makes my family exist. Like, you know, so on and so forth. You do that because you have to, right? Logic made music because he had to. And that was what made him successful. But now he's like, he's made it. Right? Like he's done. People know logic. People know what he does. Now he's like, cool, I've done this. I'm going to fucking trade this for this, where I get paid still. And I just get to fucking chill and play video games. People can watch me or not watch me. It doesn't matter because Twitch is paying me regardless. Mm-hmm. But he's making money on top of that, obviously, with subs, with tips, with bits, with whatever. Um, but the dude just took like the hard work dream into like the I'm going to do nothing dream that we all want to live. We all live when we come back from work. You could argue from work and we're like, I'm going to play games with my friends. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to go out with my friends tonight on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Not anymore because it's 2020. What a fucked up year. But like, you get the point, right? Like we, we live for those moments where we don't have to be making someone else's dream. Well, you could argue that he, he he climbed the mountain, right? Like he did it. He became a But but instead of saying people that like do that, stay there because they need that. Right. They're mm -hmm. like, I need to make music. I need to make whatever. I'm just creative soul whatever whatever the fuck but he's like no I did this and now like I'm gonna take this and just like game and you guys love it obviously because you you gave me the money to do this so
2: <laughs> right
1: here I am playing video games it's just a wild concept about like it's crazy like, dude that's like, why it broke it my could, brain you know? it yeah. broke
2: my brain when I read it I yeah. just didn't...
1: and going in, like a,
3: yeah. going in like a philosophical way it might be like his perception of the industry he was in is changed where it's like just like the atmosphere he was in before and now when you're gaming like you said you just chill have fun and just interact with all these people that are your fans like interact with them on a daily, or a consistent basis and like get that instant feedback that instant gratification that a musician might not necessarily get the same way
2: well yeah i mean i think there's there's something to be said about the type of uh, musician that he was, right? Like as a rapper, he was not someone that did more poppy stuff, more mainstream. He had a few mainstream hits, but most of his discography is not, is not like radio ready music. It's like super lyrical, right? Um, and there's not a lot like in in the grand scheme of things, there's not a lot of money to be made in that type of music, right? Most people make You know radio hits because that's where the money is I think probably part of it is also it's just a better business decision for him to be able to probably less stress and potentially more money to be a twitch streamer Um, so it might have just been a no brainer for him to say like yes I do like making music there's nothing saying that I can't I have to stop making music I'm just not producing albums under a label anymore. Um, I can now be independent. It could be a part of my Twitch channel. Like it just gives him the opportunity to do whatever the fuck he wants now, because now he's a content creator. His content can be music, Hmm. right? It's not saying he has to play video games. He could be a variety streamer. He can blow up the music channel. Um, He now has complete control, right? Like, well, I guess Amazon has some control, but um, I think it opens up the doors for him as a creative individual to do more. So like he does the, the backbreaking business of like, essentially being owned by a label for so long to the point where like, okay, I've, I've peaked now I can do whatever the hell I want. It's, it's, it's super interesting. Um, so I'm really curious to see where his channel goes, um, and what he does with it. If it's strictly gaming, is he going to do musical stuff? Um, he's the first person that can play music on stream that won't get fucking won't <laughs> yeah you play Seriously, his own music yeah. His discography. yeah
1: Yeah, on a, on a slightly uh different tangent but still a very similar note have you guys heard about what t-pain's doing no nope. um, t-pain has been making music uh while streaming oh, yes. on five he's been making what he calls the pizzle pack which is drm contract free music for you to use while you stream
0: that's really yeah, that's, I, that's really dope that's as far as his
1: rights go that he gives you like you can't like use it as a youtube intro you can't use it for a certain other things but like if you want to just have it as background while you game and broadcast you can so he's been hopping on stream he makes all these beats puts into the pizzle pack pizzle pack is out he's working on pizzle pack 2 oh shit And it's just it's it's a really fucking cool thing dude like and he's just like very, yeah very tuned into the community like t-pain has been a streamer for years and like a gamer for years. So he's not new to the community, but like, again, like people may not know that he's part of this whole gamer culture. Um, But like, as soon as like the, uh, the DCMA stuff really started hitting, he was like, I'm just going to make music for you guys to
0: use and not get hit with this shit.
2: Right. It's pretty cool. It was very cool.
0: So Um, what do you, what do you think? Does this set like a precedent for the future of like artists just going like, or not even just artists like anybody, because like anybody who's reached the pinnacle of fame, not even just, like, like Logic, but, like, actors or other musicians or whatever, just going, screw it, I'm just going to stream on Twitch from now on. Like, like Mark Hoppus is, was playing Last of Us 2 uh, on Twitch, just having a good time. Like, the he's one of the singers of uh, Blink-182, in case. Well, I'm,
3: I'm already sort of familiar with a few other musicians, whether it's, like, band members or something like that, where they'll stream on Twitch and they're off time, because they, like I said, they kind of get to, like, talk with their fans and interact with people. But it's also just them relaxing and playing a game. And they like, it's kind of the same culture of where you're playing a game and you've got Twitch chat. It's kind of feels like it's got that similar feeling of hanging out with your friends when you were little on the couch. Like one of you's playing the game, the other one's watching you stuff like that. So I know of a fair amount of musicians that do that. So it wasn't like a crazy thing it's not really like on logic's level of fame, but it's I mean no one's signing exclusive contracts, but it's still they a, a lot of them do it for like fan interaction and stuff like that
0: yeah it's, and right. twitch is a like an amazing platform for that or any kind of streaming we're gonna say lock? Well, yeah I mean I think you know i think um
2: there's 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 an opportunity for people to use the platform in different ways than just, like, I turn game on, I play game, right? Um, and I think we'll start seeing more evolution around that. Like, there's plenty of artists that have done all of this work without platforms like Twitch, right? Like, Macklemore comes to 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 example. He his, All of his following came from his own music creation and YouTube, right, to where then he became mainstream and was not owned by anybody. And that can happen with somebody on Twitch, right? Or somebody can say, I want to break away from my label, my contract, and I want to use Twitch as my platform to do these things. Um, I think we will see Twitch continue to evolve, um, you know, as as time goes on, um, because I think we've only really scratched the surface of what's capable of direct, you know, consumer to um product right like we don't have we have a direct line to something that we enjoy whether that be a personality or, or the product that they're making um so i think we we were we're not even close to what can be done with it um and i think you know logic is is just a, a another step in, in that direction what we're you gonna say trip
1: well kind of when you said uh, another step in the uh consumer or the um creator to consumer kind of chain like, it, it is. It's just another way for people to leap from one thing they're good at to another. Or if they have enough, like, influence or clout or power or whatever, or whatever word you want to use for it, they can make, they could force that leap just mm-hmm. to see what happens. Um, uh, we've been seeing a lot of people do uh, masterclasses. I'm sure you've seen these in, uh, advertised on your, your YouTubes, your Instagrams, whatever. But a masterclass is a celebrity-taught course about something, Right. Like music or acting or something, but it's like a name that you know, like Dead Mouse does EDM music production. you know mm. before we found out you know how what, how much of a shithead he was, uh, Kevin Spacey did like an, a master class about acting. you know like all these people have like their own master classes where you pay like a hundred bucks and you get them talking to you as if you were in a college course about how to do what they do you know that's just them like iterating on skills they've built and it's just the, right. the way that the internet kind of connects people and makes people flex other skills and other you know industries and it just it's a an element of transitioning into where we're going into the future kind of and it's just like twitch is an element of that the logic thing is an element of that it's just like people dipping their toes in a different kind of new pools you know mm-hmm. and all so new all of this it's- is so new
3: it's also a really good time for growth too Because with COVID and everything shut down Like musicians aren't touring um, act- Some actors Aren't in film production Like all of these celebrities And these creative people They can't do their job So they look to other places To do things mm-hmm. or interact
0: with people yeah. yeah it's a very good point mm. oh, I'm glad I brought that up <clears throat> Yeah absolutely Yeah Welp, <sighs> that's the show. The fucking
2: sick, like dude. <laughs> I can't get over it. All right, I
1: didn't you know it runs deep? It runs deep. All right, take us out.
2: Okay, never no, mind. So I don't I don't want to bring it. I have something else that I was going to bring up. Okay. I'll sh- sh- talk about in the post, post
1: show. If you guys don't know, that's there's a post funny. show. Watch us live well, again Wednesday nights. Twitch.tv slash emerge underscore gamer. Um, I'm Trip Zero. You guys can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash trip zero tv i stream mondays tuesdays and thursdays 7 p.m to 11 p.m uh tomorrow my last stream of the week will be the end of the last of us part two and then the next week is a whole new adventure who knows i've been thinking about going back to breath of the wild i've been thinking about doing more uh, no man's sky because they just dropped a desolation update i did one little exploration of a uh an abandoned freighter which was very spooky very cool um who knows? We're gonna we're gonna just have a great time on the internet. So follow me there on Twitch, and all my socials are the same. So I'm very easy to find. Go for it, Neo. Uh,
0: I'm Neo Yoshi. You can find me at Twitter at Neo underscore Yoshi, Twitch TV slash Neo Yoshi. Streaming Ghost of Tsushima right now. I have no more streams planned this week. I'm going away, but I'll be back probably Monday night or Tuesday night with more Ghost of Tsushima. I'm gonna finish that game, um, and after that, I don't know. More Valorant, I guess. That's that's the only other game I care to play about play around with right now. Well, cool. See ya. <laughs> lock uh
2: this is lock and key you can find me on twitter at lock underscore key um that's really the only place you'll find me um if you'd like to see me calling people out on their bad takes or arguing with people over the internet uh follow me on twitter um
0: yeah thank you for listening see you soon and demos where can people find you
3: uh my Twitter handle, you guys see it, A W underscore Demos. Uh once in a like a blue moon, I'll stream uh if you want to toss a follow R underscore demos. Um other than that, all I can say is uh you know subscribe on YouTube, uh watch the podcast there. Yeah. On top of listening to-
0: Demos. Thank you so much for everything you do in the community. It is oh, no massively appreciated.
1: Work, it is very much appreciated. So thank you.
0: And, and thank you.
1: As
3: soon as we can get it up, uh, make sure to listen and or watch the Ghost of Tsushima spoiler cast.
0: Yes. Coming soon, TM. TM. (laughs) All
1: right, right, later. See See you guys next
0: week. Bye.
2: any wires touching anywhere it's more than like <laughs> there's a lot of wires
0: one second oh
2: my god <laughs> you, you have a power cable touching your audio cable
1: wiggles says yes marley says no kevin says no wiggles what are you hearing
3: it, it, it yeah it's it's from a. Uh, it's from neos mic so the stream can hear it because his mic's Testing. playing the whole time but ours isn't
0: Hmm. No, I still I still hear it. If I turn it all
1: the way up, I hear it, but my ears don't like that much. <laughs> like uh, wiggle I'm just say good now. It now. It's good now? Yeah, I don't hear you it either. You hear
0: it, Nia? I hear it in my ears. Well, and I well, that's, that's
1: where you hear things usually.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't hear it back. i don't hear it in your nose. I don't, I don't <laughs> hear it
3: back on the stream.
0: What <laughs> the fuck, dude? Yeah, like the levels are down <laughs> now, right?